0: Thanks for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or head on over to americaoutloud.com where you can click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. And while you're there, please check out the articles and podcasts, which are updated daily, and feel free to share that on social media. We appreciate that. A great Looking forward to the show tonight. We might have on Jim Marchant is going to be joining us, uh, candidate for secretary of state of Nevada. So uh, if he calls in, we'll be sure to buzz him in and put him on the show. We're looking forward to that. But before we get to any guest, Rob, we've got a lot to discuss on our own. Um, A lot's been happening in this Internet world that we've seen recently. Uh, We all know that since uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, all these other platforms crack down on censorship. We've seen so many platforms pop up, whether it be uh, Parler, Getter, or True Social Media, or Clout Hub. I mean, there's so many of them nowadays. It's hard to pick out exactly what you want to use. However, uh, Parler was the first one that really got a lot of momentum after the Twitter suspensions. It was up and running uh, at the time. It was actually in the app store for a brief period of time. So uh, Parler, Parler was very popular and caught some momentum early on. I think ever since uh, Getter and True Social uh, opened up, uh, perhaps has lost some of its luster. I haven't been on Parler in quite some time. But Kanye West is now the official owner of um, Parler, it sounds like, which will be very interesting to see uh, what the future is of that platform. I noticed they sent me some emails already Mentioning some new people that have signed up for the app. Um, some very popular rappers seem to be signing up on Parler, which I think would be great if we could get a real uh, free speech platform going. I've got nothing against Gab, True Social, or Getter. They're all pretty good platforms in their own right. However, it seems like a bit of an echo chamber. That's the one thing I did like about having Twitter back in the days. You could go on and mix it up with some people who uh, have some different opinions than yours. And uh, that could be very productive, in my opinion, to have those kind of conversations that we've now seen um, be canceled in a way because Twitter is so left wing now. Um, That seems to be what they're promoting on that entire platform. And a lot of the conservatives like Rob and I, we've been suspended and have left the platform and really don't have any intentions on going back. Um, Personally, I think Elon Musk has made a huge mistake uh, purchasing Twitter. I think it's a dead brand. I think it's going to continue to go in the toilet. And I think he's going to lose a lot of money off of this purchase. Only time will tell if I'm correct on that. But uh, Kanye West, I have a little bit more hope uh, with Parler, hoping that it turns into a true uh, free speech platform. I love what he's doing as far as that goes. But Rob, what is your thoughts on uh, the current state of social media? We know that uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, you're not really safe to say much on those, those platforms. So a lot of them, a lot of people are going to these alternative platforms. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And I uh, appreciate your opening, talking about social media and the platforms. I'm just looking through my notes here, because we've been talking about this off and on for quite some time and talking about Yay Kanye. You know, I didn't realize that his name was Kanye. So he renamed himself after the last syllables of his name, Yay. Because I was always I'm like, where did Yay come from? And GZ and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, so it came from that. Uh-huh. And I just came to this realization actually a day ago when i when I'd had the chance to stop and think about it because I'm like, I don't care what he called himself. But back to what you were saying about these social media platforms. One of the things that we've been saying for quite some time is that conservatives were left out in the dark, when it came to these platforms and being able to allow our voices to be heard. Uh, I guess there was a false sense of hope because we were on Twitter, on Facebook, and we just assumed that we would always be there and we would be able to speak freely. But then the we started hearing grumblings of shadow banning, Twitter was shadow banning people, uh, taking, kicking people off and doing this, that, and the other thing. And of course, when people spoke out about it, we're constantly hearing that, well, it's a private company. They have the right to do this. And I, of course, said, no, this can't happen. You know, this makes no sense. Uh, and, and, you know, then they said they were protected by Section 6, 230, and they had all these protections and what they were doing. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. We got beaten. We took our eyes off the mark, and we looked at something else, and they were able to gain control, and they could tell us what to do and what we can't do. And so that's what happened. Now, it's unfortunate that that took place because for right now, for the better part of two years, a lot of conservative voices don't even have a place out there. They're completely silent. They can't say anything, which is unfortunate. Now, there are other Uh, social media platforms like Truth Social that Trump, you know, came up with. And now Google is allowing it to be on one of his apps. And you have Parler and you have Gab. Uh, There was another one fighting censorship. They threw that off. But when you snooze, you lose. When you allow your opponent to control what you're doing and what you're saying, and you're relying on them thinking that they will act judiciously, you've already lost. You have to be able to control it yourself. I think that what Elon Musk is doing when he first said he was going to buy it, people were like, hooray, 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 we'll have a boy. Then he backed off and they did this. And as we said on last night's show, now we have the FEC and the Department of Justice are saying, oh, we need to look at this deal. We don't know if we want him to buy it. And the only reason why they're doing it is for for, for political expediency, because they don't want the right voice to be out there. And we have said this so many times. Even when they were called before the Congress and they said, no, we don't censor, we're not censoring. They lied. Why have they not been charged with contempt of Congress? Why are they charging Steve Bannon? Can anyone explain that to me? You had Jack Dorsey, the guy over Google and Facebook, to come and say that they do not censor And we now know that they do. We have whistleblowers saying that they do censor. Why hasn't anyone said we need to arrest them? Why? Why are we going after Steve Bannon? See, you guys, I guess you guys never thought about that. You've forgotten all about it. You've forgotten all about it. You haven't thought about it. But why are they going after him? why, 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 Why are they? Why are they going after Steve Bannon and not Jack Dorsey? I know that Jack Dorsey stepped down but even the current CEO, because all of these guys lied and say that we don't censor conservatives and we know that they do and they've been doing it. And now they're afraid that Elon Musk is gonna buy that ship and he's gonna free those voices. And again, Elon Musk is not a conservative, but he respects free speech. Elon Musk has a lot of liberal ideas, but he respects free speech. And because of that, we have to respect him. Because of that, we have to call out Republicans who did not, would not do what they should have done and creating their own platform. And now you have Ye, also known as Kanye, who's saying, okay, now I'm going to uh, buy Parlor. Now, I don't know if he has enough money to do it, but he's, he's going to do it. And I say hats off. Now, we don't know how he's going to run it. But he's doing it because he's like free speech. Now, he might use a platform just to do his rants. Who knows?
0: Yeah. A big problem that we're seeing nowadays is even a platform like uh, Parler. It's hard to get it on the app store because all the rules that they make you follow. Uh, platforms like Truce Media and uh, Getter, um, they often put warning labels on your tweet saying, oh, this is sensitive material. Uh, You have to like take extra steps to click it and read what the person is actually saying um, just to be able to get them on uh, to the platform. I mean, or to be able to read what they're writing. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. Some of these rules that these app stores are putting for these social media companies that seem completely one-sided and like, it's still not a fair um, platform between the two.
1: Not a fair platform, but again, I mean, it, it does give us something. Now I'm having a little problem with my headset. So if you hear a lot of static, I'm just trying to adjust it properly. Uh, these technology demons. But, I mean, I applaud yay for what he's doing. I applaud Elon. Now, it could be a bust, like you said, Andrew, for uh, Elon. Right. Because, like, uh, for example,
0: I was listening to uh, Mark Dice the other day and he said he won't use Truth or Getter. Because of these uh, warning labels that they put on a lot of the messages, he uses gab because he says that's the ultimate uh, free speech platform. And if anyone's ever been on gab, they know pretty much anything goes on there. But then again, there's also a lot of um, admittedly anti-Semitism and racism and other things like that. But I guess that's true free speech, but um, you'll never see Gab be allowed on the app store to be able to promote its brand and continue to grow it. So um, it seems like with these app stores, you have to go along with the game a little bit and follow these uh, rules um, from Google
1: and Apple. And I think the other thing that we have to look at This has become extremely evident the past uh, few years is the definition as to what is anti-Semitic, what is racism, because we got a lot of sensitive people out there. And simply because I don't like your position does not make me a racist, does not make me a xenophobe, does not make me a homophobe, does not make me anti-Semitic. If I were to go out and say, okay, I don't like the lifestyle of gays, I don't agree with it, it's against my Christian faith, it's against my values. That does not mean that I hate you okay, I love you. I just don't like the, the lifestyle that you're living. But some would say, oh, that's homophobe. Yeah, but you can say that you don't like a Christian, and that's okay. I mean, so, you know, we, we, I think we've taken this too far. In, in a way, Andrew, when I think about it, it's good, although it's painful, what the country is going through. Because I think that on the other side, we'll be able to iron out all of this nonsense and say, that's not racism, that's not that. Get it all out there, let's just put it out there. Put it out there. Because we know right now the left, if you don't agree with them, they'll say, oh, you're Hitler. Oh, you're behaving like Hitler. They, they love to throw that card out there. And of course, it's designed to shut people down. But I think that it's good that we're having these conversations as painful as they are. I don't like them. I want them to end, but it is the only way we can get to the other side. And we're now learning, just going back to the censorship, that we have attorney generals that are, and I think I sent you this article, Andrew, that are suing Google because they're saying that Google, when they would send out campaign messages, that Google would treat them as spam and send them to your spam mailbox and people wouldn't know that they were there. We're also learning these are the practices of Google that Google would suppress certain researches. If you were to go in right now and try to type in Hunter Biden laptop, it would be difficult to find it right away. You go to DuckDuckGo, you would find it. Now, I don't know how DuckDuckGo is doing this in the algorithm because they have to run on someone's internet, but Google will suppress the information because they don't want you to see it. That's wrong. Google would do the same thing with different candidates that are running, as opposed to if you were to type in, let's say, a Kerry Lake or Dr. Oz, the information they would give you is negative information. Oh, these are right ringers. These are extremists. Whereas if you were to type in John Fetterman, they would say, oh, he's the greatest mayor. and He did this for the town. They won't say that he chased black men with a gun. It would be difficult to find that. If you were to type in Stacey Abrams, oh, she is a voice, a new voice of the Democrat Party. They won't tell you that she's an election denier, that she denied that she lost the election, and that Brian Kemp was actually the governor of Georgia. They won't give you that. See, they're massaging the data as to what you get. And people, unfortunately, don't see this because they're relying on the information from the internet to make different calls to say this or that. And that is the reason why, as we pointed out on last night's show, that a majority of Americans feel that the media is a threat to democracy. A majority of Americans feel that the media is a threat to democracy and that they are dangerous and that they're compromised in their reporting of news information. I think it's 84%, I quoted last night, of Americans feel that the media is a threat to our democracy. 71% of Americans believe that democracy is under threat. And if you remember, President Trump would say consistently that the media is the enemy of the people, and they did not like that. And when I say media, I'm throwing in social media. I'm throwing in all those internet searches. I'm putting it all there. That is the reason why. The Department of Justice does not want Elon Musk to be successful probably in his takeover of Twitter. No, he can take over Twitter and he can say, oh, I'm just going to shut it down. No, it would be a money loss, but he's the, the world's richest man. But you know what else the media is trying to do? They're trying to drive down his stock for Tesla. You would think that they would love him because he's talking about electric cars. They want everyone in an electric car, but because he's defying them, he's speaking out, their thing is, hey, it's best to sacrifice him. Let's drive down the stock. Let's destroy him. And if we had a functioning Department of Justice and a functioning FBI, they would spill the beans and say, this is wrong. We need to check the media. We need to check social media. But they won't do it. And you know why? Because they're all in cahoots. They're all in bed together. They are colluding. And as I said on Monday's show, we need a Republican Congress to do what the Department of Justice and the FBI want to do, which is to hold these people accountable. Well, how can Congress do it? Congress can come together and pass laws. Congress can form different subcommittee meetings and bring them all before the House and let them testify live on TV. Of course, CNN and MSNBC will not want to air it, but who cares? There will be others that will air it. And it should be aired. And they can say, you must air this. And they must do it. And I don't want anyone saying, well, this is private. This is information we can't share, because that's what Christopher Ray likes to do. I'll talk about this behind closed doors. No. Nope. <clears throat> There's no talking behind, about anything behind closed doors because behind closed doors is where things get lost. If you did it, if you committed the offense, then we need to know about it. There's no top secrecy information that the American people can't know about. If you want to leave out the names, that's fine. But what we need to know, what did you know, Christopher Ray? did your group, did you instruct them? to withhold information about the haunted laptop. Yes or no? Well, it's like this, no, we're not asking you that. That is a yes or no question. Merrick Garland, did you instruct the Department of Justice to go after parents? Did you instruct the Department of Justice to go after innocent people because they did not believe in what Biden was doing? Again, they're going to hold Steve Bannon with contempt of Congress. And you have these social media giants, the CEOs, who lied. Play the tape. If anyone's forgotten, just run the tape. Play their words back to them. Even the guy with Facebook came out and said that the FBI told them, Hunter, laptop, Hunter Biden laptop is Russia disinformation. He even came before Congress and said that we don't suppress conservatives. But now we know that they do because of whistleblowers. Right. They should be in jail already. The day from day one, when, when the first Congress assembles, they should say, call these people up and arrest them. Yeah. Even if they don't stay in jail long, handcuff them and cart them out.
0: Yeah, very well said, Rob. We've got on... Republican candidate Jim Marchant in the waiting room we're going to have him on for part two but first a word from our sponsor healthy cell if you're looking for better sleep focus and energy check out healthy cell the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health healthy cell vitamins work at the cellular level to boost immune health sleep better focus deeper and stay younger longer Absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins. And you can go to HealthyCell.com, check out the great products, and you can now save 25% off with the code OUTLOUD. So go to HealthyCell.com and use the code OUTLOUD for your chance to save 25% off. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and candidate for Secretary of State in Nevada, Jim Merchant. Do you know there's no other condition that i'm aware of where vitamins and supplements make such a big difference than covid 19 we have a
2: an abundance of data that we need to be replete with a variety of micronutrients and that includes vitamins minerals and other substances our
0: bodies need i rely on healthy cell super boost that's immune super boost it's a a gel pack that can be taken every day i like to do it before i exercise and before i go out it's a wonderful supplement. It gives me the immune super boost that I need. Go to HealthyCell.com, use the promotional code OUTLOUD, and get a discount on your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell Boost your immunity. Go to healthycell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. Healthycell.com code OUTLOUD. Healthycell.com code
2: OUTLOUD.
0: back here on after dark with rob and andrew we've got a special guest on jim marchant from uh, nevada running for secretary of state is going to be joining us we're looking forward to talking to him You know, Rob, Nevada is probably one of my favorite states in the entire country. I used to live up north in uh, Elko, Nevada, as you know. Um, I love that area. I loved uh, the Reno Sparks area. Very uh, fun location. Las Vegas. I mean, I absolutely love Las Vegas. I know a lot of people are uh, split on Las Vegas, but uh, I would love to live there at some point. Just the atmosphere It's just right up my alley, so really excited to have a guest from Nevada on tonight. We've had on a lot of uh, California, New York candidates on, so it's nice to get a guest from a different location. Uh, Would you agree with me, Rob, that uh, it's exciting to have a candidate on uh, from one of these other states since we've been focusing on uh, California, New York, and some of these other big states uh, so much recently?
1: Yeah, I'm excited to have uh, Jim on. My only thing is that I'm afraid of is that uh, being a Yankee by way of the South, I might mispronounce Nevada, (laughs) I might say Nevada, Nevada, it's Nevada, so he'll probably correct me. I mean, no disrespect for any of the folks that are there, the states of Nevada, but being a southerner. By a, a Yankee by way of the South, I might get my uh, might not pronounce it correctly, but very excited to have him on. And you know, Andrew, I was looking at his bio. You know, during the first block of the show, we were talking about the internet, we were talking about censorship, and uh, he is—I mean, this guy—I'm just going to pull it up right now—has been a leader and innovator in the computer software, internet, and telecommunications industry since 1984. Uh, I was a kid then. And he founded and served as the CEO and president of numerous technology companies. So it's a good thing to have him to come on because you know we've heard a lot about Section Two Thirty. I don't know if that's in his uh, realm or not, but the idea as to what the left was able to do with technology and with the internet by during the twenty twenty election by shutting down a lot of conservative voices, and even to this day, uh, they've shut down many conservative voices not allowing them to come on different platforms now since then we know that trump has started truth social as we mentioned in the first block we spoke about elon musk planning on buying twitter albeit the department of justice and the F, not the FBI, but the Department of Justice and the FBC, they're saying, oh, we need to look at this. We need to, and in short, what they're saying is that we don't know if we want him to buy it because he's going to open it back up and he's going to let those conservatives tell the truth. And we don't want the truth out there. He, they're going to tell the truth about the COVID vaccine and we're trying to get more people to take that. They're going to tell the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop. They're even going to tell the truth about Joe Biden and his cognitive decline. We don't want that. So we need to look at this and we need to study it. And now we're learning that Kanye, also known as Ye, is planning on buying parlor. Now, I personally think, as we said in the first block, this is a good thing because I think that we need more voices out there. Actually, we need free speech. Free speech was taken away from a lot of us during the shutdowns, and many of us don't realize it. And when they take it away, it is hard to get it back. And we see that right now, how they're still going in and trying to silence people. So like you said, I'm glad to have Jim on. Jim is running for Secretary of State of Nevada. I hope I got that right. But his background is rather impressive. And I'm glad that Jim is saying, hey, I'm going to step up. I'm going to share my knowledge base. Because when you're the Secretary of State, I think you're also involved with election. You're over that. You're looking at the ballots. You're looking at the registration. And we need that because of the debacle that we had during the 2020 election. Now, a lot of people say, oh, there was nothing to see here. But we now see that judges are coming out and saying things that were were done that shouldn't have been done. Look at Georgia. Look at our own so-called president—I call him the resident—was saying that Georgia was Jim Crow 2.0 because they were suppressing the votes. You got a judge coming out saying that that did not happen. So what the hell was the Secretary of State doing? So we need people who are going to have eyes on these votes. They're going to have eyes looking at the voter registration, looking at okay, this person is dead. They've been dead for 20 years. They shouldn't be voting. And this is a dog. The dog's been dead. Now, if he was alive, we don't know if he voted or not, but we've got to get rid of these people. So, Jim, thank you for coming on. I know that you're a busy man. You're just coming away from another interview. But we're glad that you could come on uh, Wednesday night and talk to us about your run for office. Jim, how are you? Doing well,
2: and uh, my pleasure. Happy to be on. And you mentioned a couple of things, Um, uh, the Section 230, Uh, That was something that I was involved in back in the mid to late 90s. So I know all about that, Um, know all about uh, all the Internet stuff, technology. I had uh, three successful technology companies, so I know how that relates to the election systems and how we can't trust the machines. So we've got a lot we can talk about. And by the way,
1: it is Nevada. Nevada. So I'll yeah. probably forget it, but it's Nevada, Nevada. <laughs> yeah. So, to, like I said, don't be mad at me, folks. Please, yeah. you know, I'm just a southern boy by way of a uh, New York City Yankee. Yeah, I you've got to me Nevada. questioning myself now, even as an
0: <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm a, I'm a southern
1: boy too. I'm, I was born and raised in North Florida. So. Oh, I'm from Arkansas. Hey, okay, okay, good, good. Nevada. Okay, so I'm I'm glad you told us about Section Two Thirty that you yeah. are aware of that. So before we get to that. Talk to us a little bit about your campaign for Secretary of State. What do you hope to accomplish? What do you want to do that's not being done now, Jim?
2: Yeah, so uh, in 2020 election, I ran for Congress in Nevada, and I believed, and I lost, and I believe I was a victim of election fraud, just like President Trump. So on November 4th, I started the process to expose and learn and uncover Exactly what happened, you know how the manipulation happened, and uh, learned just an awful lot uh, since then. In February of 21, I was approached by some people that are you know fairly close to Trump's orbit, and they asked, uh, you know, was I going to run for Congress again? And I told them, I said, well, you know, I had not decided, but I was thinking about it. That is an option. And they said, well, would you run for Secretary of State? Of Nevada instead, and I said, "Oh, absolutely! I've been a proponent, and I've been fighting election fraud out here in Nevada since 2012. So it's kind of right up my alley." And I said, "Yes, I'll do it." Uh, they also said, uh, "Would you put together a coalition of America First, uh, like-minded, like I like I am, uh, like-minded uh, Secretary of State candidates around the country?" And I agreed to do that too. And we started that uh, about April of 21, started that process. And uh, we had as many as 20 candidates in our coalition before the primaries. And since the primaries, we're down to about eight or eight of us that did win and are going on to the general. And uh, so it's substantial. Uh, we're in some key swing states that we really need. And all we're doing is counter and reversing what George Soros and Harry Reid did back in 2004. They hatched a plan and spent tens of millions of dollars hatching this plan and executing this plan called the Secretary of State Project. And what they did back then was their goal was in the 2006 election to get as many Democrat, liberal, uh, progressive secretaries of state elected around the country, and they did that. They succeeded in in many of the key swing states where we have problems like, um, you know, Arizona and um, uh, uh, Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and so on. And and our country's in the shape it's in today because of that. And the reason is the secretaries of state uh, predominantly control the election process. And it's uh, no secret. And most of the country believes that there there was uh, election um, anomalies enough that uh, could affect elections. Uh, They don't have confidence in our election system. And that's something that we've got to fix. And that's what we're going to do with our coalition. And I'm actually putting together right now the next election system that is not going to include voting machines. We're going to take computers completely out of the mix. And we're going to do a hand count on a paper ballot that has any counterfeit measures built in. It's going to be serial numbered. We're going to track every ballot. We're going to vote on a precinct level basis so we can count them in a timely manner. And we're going to hand count them on a precinct level basis. We're going to live stream the vote counting. So that there's your transparency. Right now we have no transparency. We're going to live stream and record the vote counting so everybody can be there. We're not uh, eliminating anybody from being there to make sure that we count this vote exactly as it's supposed to be counted. Because right now we don't have that. And there's so much secrecy in the in the vote counting that nobody knows what goes on. And especially in the machines, and then with the universal mail-in ballots, there's a lot of areas where a lot of problems can happen. And that's why uh, very few people have confidence in our election system nationwide. And that's exactly what I'm going to fix. And it's exactly what uh, the rest of our coalition members uh, around the country are going to do. We've adopted pretty much the same platform. Uh, We're going to advocate for voter ID. We're going to clean up our voter rolls. I think, you know, you've probably heard all over the country that voter rolls are a mess. And it's by design. Um, There's a George Soros organization, or at least the organization was initially funded by them, uh, called ERIC that maintains voter rolls in 31 states, actually, and they're doing a terrible job. And, and, and they're, it's by design because the, the messier your voter rolls, the more ballots you can send out universally for states that have universal mail-in ballots. And uh, it, it just is rife with opportunities for manipulation and people to do the wrong thing. And we just can't guarantee that we have a fair and transparent election and we've got to fix that. And that's exactly what I'm going to do as secretary of state in Nevada. It's exactly what we're going to do with my coalition and make sure at least uh, those states have fair and transparent elections. And then I think we can influence other secretaries of state around the country to do the right thing once they see our new election system, because it's going to be back to the basics. It's going to be way simpler. Right now, to set up these machines and actually have a, a an election is extremely complicated. And it takes uh, very skilled people to do this, and they just aren't there. They hire people that are temp workers from temporary agencies, and they just don't have the skill level to execute the plan to execute these this uh, election process. So we're going to get rid of all of that, and we're going to fix it. We're going to go back to the basics and... And uh, when we're done, um, the United States is going to have a fair and transparent
1: election system. I I don't know what to say. (laughs) Uh, Did did I say too much? (laughs) You said a lot and it was good. And we have been coming on this show night after night trying to sound the alarms and make people aware that what happened in 2020 wasn't make-believe. We're not denying the results of the election, but we saw what happened, and what happened should not have happened. Slowly, the information is coming out. But one thing in particular that stands out, and and I want to reiterate this because I want people to be made aware, the secretaries of state, Control the elections. And you had George Soros and the late Harry Reid, wherever his soul is, God bless him, to come together to form a coalition to get like-minded secretaries of state, like-minded meaning part of their ideology, elected. Right. Does that not sound familiar with the attorney generals yep. that they went around? And does attorneys. To Yes, district of attorneys, and try to get elected. Look at this Larry Krasner, Gascon, Alvin Bragg, Kim Fox. Look around you at all these individuals. One person used his wealth to get these people elected. And look at the damage, look at the carnage. No one wants to point the finger at him. No one wants to say, you owe us money. It is because of you that my loved one is dead, George Soros. It is because of you, George Soros, that our election system is riped with all kinds of craziness. That no one wants to look at that. The media won't point it out. They're pretending as if, oh, there's nothing wrong here. I remember someone had said once that he had gone and, and bought a large chunk of election machines. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, maybe there's nothing wrong with it. But when you have his name tagged to fraud, tagged to mischief, why won't the FBI investigate? Why won't the FBI just say, well, maybe we should look at it. Maybe there's nothing here. But so that the American people can feel that their election has integrity. And I remember Jeffrey Dornick saying this on our show when he came on once. He said that the first thing we need to do is get our election process under control. People look the other way. Oh, well, we'll do that later on. No, these are things that are important. And the fact that you have just made us aware that George Soros and the late Harry Reid, wherever his soul is, may it be blessed, came together to put together a coalition. And we now see the results of that coalition has been damning. People questioning the election of 2020, people questioning other elections. And you have these secretaries of state. Look at Arizona. Look at what they just did. The person who's running for governor in Arizona sent out flawed election ballots. The media is quiet on it. They're hoping that no one is paying attention because come election day, they can say, oh, no, we can't count those, but we're going to count these over here. What in the heck is happening? But all this is happening while we're watching, but the media is saying, and social media, don't pay any attention to it. there's nothing to see here. Now, On the other side of the break, we're going to go into more details about this. We're going to go into details as to what needs to happen. And I was shocked, but I'm also glad when you said that we need to start counting the ballots. And there's no reason why we can't say the night of the election, who won the election, as opposed to waiting two weeks later when we're able to get in more, find more ballots. Go ahead, Andrew.
0: Absolutely. I loved everything Jim had to say, stay tuned for part two. Cause we're going to continue this discussion. You're tuned into after dark with Robin Andrew on America out louds. iHeartRadio radio channel. We're available Monday through Friday at nine Eastern eight central or 6. PM on the West coast. We'll be back with more after dark with Robin Andrew with candidate for secretary of state of Nevada, Jim Marshall. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called CoFix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. CoFix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com.
1: Here on America Outloud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Okay, folks, we're back with Jim Marshall, and he's talking to us about the election process. He's talking to us about the role of the Secretary of State. And just in case you missed it, I'll make it plain and simple so that we can bring him back on. The Secretaries of State are responsible for the voting rolls, for the voter registration rolls, the people that are voting. They're cleaning up this. And we heard a lot about this during the 2020 election, is that a lot of the Secretaries of State need to go in and clean up the voter registration rolls because he had people that were there that shouldn't be there. Now, as Jim so eloquently put, is that he want to take us back. He wants to be able to form a coalition to go outside the states also. But he also wants us to get back to the basics as to how we count the vote. Enough of this computer, Dominion machine, that machine. No, let's count it by hand. Let's make certain that we got the right votes so that we can let the American people know the night of and not two weeks later, when they're finding votes in a truck and a suitcase as to who won the election election. So, Jim, if you're successful. Who, well, first of all, who is your candidate and how does it look for you in this race?
2: Uh, looks pretty good so far. My candidate is a, a, a former Harry. I'm sorry. E. You're,
1: I'm sorry. I met your opponent. Go ahead.
2: My opponent. Yep. Yeah. My opponent, yeah. My opponent is a former Harry Reid aide, actually, and a uh, Democrat, of course, and heavily funded by George Soros. Uh, George Soros himself and his family gave this guy $850,000. Uh, Soros just put in another $7 million into Nevada because of what we're doing. Um, after my primary in June, June 14th, on June 15th, Chuck Schumer on the floor of the Senate called me out by name because of what I'm doing. They're scared to death of what I'm doing and what we're going to accomplish. And he called me out on the floor of the Senate and said that I'm the biggest threat to democracy in the country today. I'm the only candidate that he's called out on the floor of the Senate. Uh, I'm on the front page of The Guardian UK, Business Insider UK. New York Times did a 25-minute documentary on why Steve Bannon and I are the devil incarnate. Um, MSNBC, they had a meltdown when Trump called me on stage uh, uh, two weeks ago, or actually it was uh, last week, two weekends ago uh, here in Nevada when he did his rally. And, you know, I just said that, you know, we're going to fix things. We're going to fix our election system nationwide. And they lost their minds. They had a complete meltdown. And uh, so what we're doing is uh, is they understand that if we have a fair and transparent election nationwide, they don't win because their policies, look at their policies, They're, you know, how do you like paying five and six dollars a gallon for gas? How do you like, uh, you know, inflation up double digits and rents going up and mortgage rates? All of that is a result of us not paying attention to the Secretary of State offices for years and years and years. And they did, because the Secretaries of State, if you have a fair election, I believe that the people in the United States are going to vote for common sense legislators in their legislature, in the state legislatures, in Congress and in Senate. I mean, do you really think Joe Biden was legitimately elected in 2020? I don't think so. I don't I think if we had a fair and transparent election, he would not be president. And there would be many other people, uh, including rhinos, by the way, uh, around the country, that would not be in office if we had fair and transparent elections. And that's what we've got to get back to. And we can do that with uh, our our hand counted uh, paper ballot with any counterfeit measures built in, counted on, election night, you know, the largest precinct here in Nevada is about 5,000 voters, and we can count that in a matter of hours. So within four hours, we can have the whole uh, race counted. And uh, none of this stuff, the argument they're throwing at me is we need the machines because they're fast. We can get the results fast. And that's not true. We can still do that. We've done it for years and years and years until, you know, the late 90s when the machines were introduced. So we can do it again and we've got to get back to that because that's the only way that we can guarantee we're going to have a fair and
1: transparent election. See, they want us to use the machines so they can, in my opinion, manip- manipulate the numbers. Exactly. I mean, I was reading the other day that a judge came out and said that this whole thing that took place under COVID with you can't go to the polls and vote because of fear. It's like that was unconstitutional. Stop it. People need to go in and yep. vote. But see, the Democrats will come up with all these reasonings why that is a reason why now they're trying to censor conservatives and say anyone that talks against the virus, say that they don't need it, you need to take them off because we want to go back to this election only 17 days away, 16 days away. They want yep. to be able to say you can't go to the polls and vote. We've got to extend right. the time that we're going to count the votes. Now, Jim, talk to us a little bit about Section 230 because a oh. lot of people are confused as to what exactly it entails and what the benefits or what is it, what it's doing for social media platforms.
2: Okay. Um, A little bit about my background. We'll kind of fill in the blanks here. Um, uh, I'm a computer programmer. I started a software company in 84. And then in 94, I started a, one of the first internet service provider companies. And um, as a result of that, uh, two things, I I, uh, fought the government from charging sales tax on internet access. And if you look at your bill today and everybody in the country does not pay sales tax on internet access because of something I did starting in 1994 when I fought the Florida Department of Revenue from charging sales tax on internet access. So that one simple uh, act kept billions and billions of dollars in the economy and in the, the pockets of the people instead of the government. And that was my goal and we accomplished that. Uh, Pat got a bill passed through Florida that uh, exempted service providers from collecting sales tax. Uh, It was adopted by all other uh, 49 states, and that's why the whole country doesn't pay sales tax on internet access and has kept billions of dollars in in the economy. So through that process, I knew I needed help from a lot of people and to lobby. And I formed an association called the Federation of Internet Service Providers Association. And through that process, uh, we did a lot of stuff. most of the cyber laws that are in effect today were written by us and and our group. And and, and one of them was the Communications Decency Act. And in the Communications Decency Act is where Section 230 is. And how that came about is really interesting. A lot of people don't know this, but what happened was, is the porn industry came to our association and said, look, you guys are not hosting, you know, our pornography. And, you know, I didn't on my platform, you know, each one of us had the uh, ability to do that. But, you know, we acknowledged that, hey, we've got a, you know, a constitutional issue here. It's uh, free speech and that kind of thing. And we need to deal with this issue. So the Communications Decency Act came about and then there was Section 230 to deal with this specific issue. And we wrote it really broad. And uh, through that, the uh, the Googles and the Facebooks and the social media companies have been able to hide behind that section. Uh, to be able to do what they're doing to affect, like you know, Zuckerberg's doing, and Google and all of these these companies, but uh, that's kind of how that came about. So, um, I've had the opportunity to uh, speak with uh, Senator Ted Cruz uh, at length about this, uh, Mark Levin at length about this, and back when Trump was president. We actually, you know, pondered or, you know, maybe might suggest to him, you know, do an executive order to kind of tighten up Section 230. But and in, in, you know, I knew this and in talking with uh, Senator Cruz and Martin Levin, what really needs to happen is the Congress needs to go back. The House and the Senate needs to go back and tighten up Section 230. So we just need to make it less broad and tighten it up. And put in the right provisions there that won't allow these uh, manipulations that's happening now. So that's kind of where we're at with Section Two Hundred and Thirty, and that's
1: kind of you know how I was involved with it. So if we tighten up Section Two Hundred and Thirty, what will that what will that do in essence? Because right now it seems as if though the the social media platforms are trying to hide behind it and say they were not we're just providing content so you can't hold us to the same standards as being a publisher.
2: Right. And that's exactly what we need to tighten up. They need to go in and decide, well, which way is it going to be? And I think that if we have, um, you know, right-minded people, they'll do the right thing and kind of close the loopholes so that the social media companies can hide behind it. So that's what needs to happen.
1: So when you heard these, uh, social media, uh, CEOs when they went before Congress, and they clearly said that we aren't censoring conservative free speech. Twitter said it, Facebook, Google. I'm like, what do you mean? Because we, the ones who have been censored, we're like, oh, yes, you are. What were your thoughts when they blatantly lied? contempt of Congress, they should be in jail right now, like I said, during the first block, they're going after Steve Bannon, when these knuckleheads, not once, not twice, but on more than one occasion, lied and said that we're not doing this. When you heard this, what were your thoughts?
2: Well, they are doing it. And I know they're doing it because they're doing it to me. And so um, I'm all for, you know, tightening up this section in the Communications Decency Act and, and fixing this once and for all. And once again, it's right back to how important the secretaries of state office is. If we have a fair and transparent election, the people of our country are going to elect people that will deal with this issue in the right manner. Right now, we've got progressives in there that like what's going on. And if we have a fair election, I think we're going to vote common sense legislators into office. That will be able to deal with issues like this and others uh, the proper way. And that's why the Secretary of State office is so important and critical to our country right now.
1: So how often are is the, the Secretaries of State supposed to update their records? Because we heard a lot about that. That was something else we heard about. They had people that were on the ballot there were dead people, there were people who shouldn't be there, they were voting, and they were just mailing out all these ballots. How often are they supposed to scrub that list to make certain that they have the latest and the greatest? And is, a, is there a criteria that they're using to make certain that if this person is on the list, this person is legally able to vote in an election within a particular state?
2: Right, constantly, the, the list should be maintained constantly. And that's what we're going to do when I get in, we're going to bring that in house. We're going to take it away from Eric, the electronic registration, uh, electronic registration information center. Uh, We're going to take it away from them and we're going to bring it in house and we're going to do what we need to do to make sure that legal, uh, Americans, people that are citizens, uh, people that actually live in Nevada, uh, people that aren't dead, actually, uh, are, that are on the voter rolls are actually the ones that can vote. So that's, you know, that's the only way to do it. So. Uh,
1: right. And, that, and the other thing that comes to mind is that you have a lot of people that come to your state that vacation. I mean, sometimes they might stay there six months out of a year, three months. How do you ensure that a person who's there, just a transient, isn't trying to vote wrongfully when they actually don't live there, is there a criteria to say you can vote if you've been, if you're living in the state for X amount of years or what have you? Uh,
2: Yes. So one of the things you've got to do is, you know, when you come to a state like Nevada, uh, within 30 days, you've got to determine whether you're, this is your primary state or your, you know, secondary uh, to your primary state. And so you've got to change your driver's license. And when you change your driver's license, uh, predominantly today, you have to get uh, the real ID. And the real ID actually confirms your citizenship. You have to give them a power bill and show them that you're living at uh, your address, that kind of thing. Um, And there are other mechanisms to determine whether they're a primary or secondary uh, resident. And it's just something It's it's just uh, a grunt work, really. And we just have to do that. And that's what we got to do. And that's that needs to happen all over the country.
1: Yeah. Right. Because I, I see right before you come in, Andrew, I see right now we have a lot of folks here, even in New York City. You have officials that are trying to push to allow illegals to vote and local elections. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, they should not have the same rights. As a citizen, first of all, they're here illegally. They broke the law. So if we turn a blind eye on that and give them the right to vote, what are we saying about our laws? Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, I was just going to comment that
0: Nevada is one of those states that uh, really spread out. It's a huge state. I mean, I used to live in Elko. It was like an Mm -hmm. eight-hour drive if I wanted to go to Las Las Vegas. Yeah, it's (laughs) just (laughs) absolutely massive state, but so many people in the state feel like that uh, perhaps Reno and Las Vegas uh, dictate so much of the vote. And uh, these people from uh, these smaller counties feel like maybe their vote isn't counting uh, quite like it does in the big cities. Um, What can you do to uh, change those people's perception of that, that um, basically the elections being ran through uh, Las Vegas is what I heard a lot of when I was
2: yeah, and that is absolutely true. I hear that every time I go out in the rurals like Elko and Pahrump and, you know, um, Douglas County and Lincoln County, you know, <clears throat> I hear that a lot. So uh, but the one thing that we can do that will solve this whole problem is if we have a fair and transparent election, then the votes of the rural counties and the in the rural counties are not um, canceled by false votes in the bigger counties. So their votes will finally count once we have a fair and transparent election throughout the whole state. And that's how we fix it. It's really simple. We have a fair and transparent election statewide and we fix the whole problem. And that that's a non-issue an anymore because their votes will actually count.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very well said thank you so much for your time. We definitely want to have you back on sometime in the future. Uh, where can people go to uh, support your campaign or perhaps just follow you on social media?
2: Yes, go to um, my website, which is Jim it's jimmarchant.com. It's jimmarchan dot com. And uh, certainly donate. And those of you that are listening in Nevada, if there's anybody in Nevada listening, you know, sign up to help and volunteer. And um, uh, we have a, a, our coalition website uh, is uh, SOS4America.com, SOS4America.com. And you can help me and the rest of our candidates uh, around the country uh, get elected because once we get elected, we're going to start the process to save our country and have fair elections countrywide, nationwide. So uh, thank you very much for having me on and look forward to being on again.
0: Absolutely, and just so people know when you fill out your ballot, make sure you vote in some of these uh, races, like Secretary of State. Just don't vote for Senate and Congress, uh, Secretary of State, District Attorney. That's all very important. So make very sure you, important. Make sure you vote for the Republican candidate in those races. We're out of time. Thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you stream. Please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Or as always, you can go to americaoutloud.com for 24-7 talk radio. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for
1: nothing.